What's up? Welcome to episode 29 of the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Bueller. Today, my guest is Brian Walker, otherwise known as A Day Without Love. Um, His featured song at the end of this episode is called Good Friends Are Hard to Find. Uh, He is from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's been at it quite a while. Um, He's got a lot of different releases. His latest in 2020 was called Comfort in the Bedroom. We had a fun all-around conversation about politics, music, recording, and all that stuff. He's got a lot going on, um, including a different podcast uh, called Dreams Not Memes, which you can definitely check out. He sounds like he's been crushing it on that front. And then um, also got a, a documentary coming out that he's working on that uh, we talked about. And um, I'll include uh, some of his release dates for that and uh, for upcoming music in the podcast notes. Um, I released this through Podbean, so if you click on that link, you should see it. Otherwise, I hope you're doing well, Uh, staying safe, staying sane, all that. Other than that, have a good week. Episode 29, Brian Walker, A Day Without Love. Nice to virtually meet you. Nice to meet you. My name's Brett. Um, nice to meet you. I've been running a little podcast on the side here, um, kind of to just meet people and, you know, network in the scene a little bit. Um, I'm uh, just south of Baltimore. Cool. And anyway, I'll say uh, a couple nice superlatives for you when I put this episode together as an intro for and sure. all that. For sure. But um, I only know you as your stage name, uh, A Day Without Love. I don't actually know your, your real name. Oh, yeah. My name's Brian. Um, and yeah, my project's called A Day Without Love, so nice to meet you. Cool. Yeah, I was yeah. listening to your uh, your stuff today Well, I was walking around the, uh, the grocery store. It's pretty chill. It's kind of hypnotic. <laughs> um, and I got to say, too, I didn't realize you had two singers. Um, well, I actually have multiple people that sing with me. Yeah. But. I am the primary vocalist of the, of the project. I got so, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned you were uh, actually working on vocal lessons today, right? Yeah, finished my vocal lesson today. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I know a little bit about that. Um, yeah, it's it's hard work, but it's good work. Yeah, I, I like to joke that I just write songs and sing so that I can have something to play guitar over. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Um, I that's my specialty, but. You know, if you want to make a dent, I guess you got to learn how to sing, right? Sure. That's very true. And it's actually pretty rewarding to be able to put together your own your own stuff, as I'm sure you're uh, doing. So. Yep. So cool. Um, yeah, I don't know who listens to this podcast other than maybe my friends and uh, possibly your friends or fans. Mm-hmm. So to give people a little background, I mean, I can kind of go through your discography on Spotify. Uh, <clears throat> I noticed your top song was called Good Friends Are Hard to Find. Yep. And that was one I was definitely checking out earlier, and I'll I'll pull that one down off uh, iTunes later. And, cool, um, thank you. Put it at the end of the episode here so people can check it out. I appreciate it. Um, it looks like you had a release here in 2020 called Comfort in the Bedroom. Yeah, that was a chill hop record. It was pretty cool. Right on. And then prior to that, 2018 had Diary. 
that was a full length record yeah 24 songs <laughs> yeah you know, I wrote 72 songs for it and then reduced it down to 24 so yeah wow yeah and then uh, 2016 had Solace yep and that's more or less the gist of it right well in between were a lot of singles and short run EPs but yeah those, those like in terms of just records that's pretty much the gist of my records yeah so, right now, you're pretty much promoting the uh, latest one, I imagine, Comfort in the Bedroom. I, yeah, um, and then I also have two EPs coming up. It's a two-part EP, a total of eight songs, four and four, uh, called WTF Part 1 and Part 2, and it's about just this year and the difficulties of this year. Yeah. I've got uh, some concept uh, music videos coming out with that as well. Right on. That was actually going to be my next question. I didn't uh, get over to your YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, but I was going to ask if you had any music videos coming out, and um, even if you don't know dates specifically right now, you can always um, message me later, and I can... Uh, no, I can tell you the dates. Um, the first video will be out October 22nd. Right on. Um, that's for WTF Part 1, which is mostly a mix of lo-fi hip-hop and um, basically like rock guitar, and I combined the two. And I basically had a lot of like political, socio-political things to say about Black Lives Matter and uh, people's reactions to it, and also creative freedom as a black artist. And then the second half is basically about voters' rights, healthcare, um, the election, and things like that. And I made a music video um, around that as well. So, right on. Yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people have been pulling, obviously, from the political spectrum. Yep. as of late for inspiration and all that um do you feel that it that that was the direction you were pulling from prior to 2020 or more so it's like evolution oh i've definitely been political since 2016 yeah. i mean as a i've been political since 2003 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like as a as a wee lad of the age of 14 15 um but musically i think my political tone shifted since I'm going to say 2016 officially, but yeah. I had it in my discography prior to my first full length, so yeah. Right on. Yeah. Well, I grew up pretty heavily into the old uh, underground punk rock scene. I hear that. So, if you're yeah. familiar with that, then you know it's highly, highly politically charged, but yeah, um, yeah I don't know. As of late, um, I feel like I actually write a lot of songs about books, too, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to go into your background and anything like that, I would say fire away. Oh, totally. Um, um, I started A Day Without Love uh, as a recording project in 2013 because I was homeless for 19 days. And for the support of some colleagues, like I was like couch surfing. Sometimes I had to sleep on the street and things like that. And it was really difficult and the reason I was homeless was because of Hurricane Sandy. I got kicked out of my own apartment. Oh, wow. I was playing bass for a band at the time, and that band was on the verge of breaking up. So I thought, you know, I should probably take myself seriously as a musician because, like, I also was... Like, the concept of Day Without Love was really born because I saw domestic abuse happen. And that... Oh. So, Sorry to backtrack. So 
Day Without Love as a concept really happened in 2008-9 when I wrote a poem, but I didn't do anything with it. Like, I was playing music, but I was just calling myself Brian Walker. Like, gotcha. my name's Brian Walker, these are some songs or a cover. But it wasn't until 2013 where I said, like, like you know what, I'm going to make this my moniker, and I'm going to make this, like, my my thing, you know? And I wanted to make the project about rising above adversity, rising above, like, struggle, toxic situations and things like that. So the project was intended to be socio-political as well as interpersonal. And from, like, 2013 to 2016, I had a full band and I was playing shows, like, in basements and areas around the Jersey, Philly area, occasionally D.C. and Baltimore. And I was just getting my name out there. Just That's all I was doing. And then right after I released the full length, I did like a fundraiser for Erica's Lighthouse. I started hitting the road solo and sharing my songs. And I had like a hundred persons project where I like, got a hundred people to like make a collage um, holding my CD. And the reason why I wanted to do that was to show that like, you know, there's a hundred ways to show peace, even though we're all struggling. And I just did a lot of projects where I wanted to take my art and like interpersonal experiences and combine that together. And that's what it became about. And then I would say record, and every record since and every release has been about connection, collaboration, and communication. So, like, in the past two years since I released uh, Diary, I collaborated with 25 different artists of different genres. And and I've released them as, like, short-run singles and and EPs. So now what I'm going to do is take all of those and then release a compilation um, album uh, at the end of this year and if anybody wants to pick it up to like make it a physical copy feel free to hit me up that's awesome <laughs> hey, if you ever if you need a, a real mean guitar solo uh, yeah. I can yeah. definitely send me uh, something on the Pro Tools and I'll uh, yeah, sure. know, drop something in there <laughs> sure. sure so um, today like you know I have a lot of writing projects and I'm also sitting on a full length record uh, right now called a stranger that you've met before and that basically is about the feeling of familiarity of meeting someone that you definitely feel like you've met before but you really haven't so yeah yeah i mean we are all one at the end of the day i think but yeah. no i mean uh you seem like you have a pretty well refined um sense of direction and um maybe aesthetic is the word i'm looking for like first of all i mean your band name is pretty good, or it's pretty original, you know, it stands out a little bit more than I would say the average one, including my own probably. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, that's a that's a cool concept to work with as well going forward. Thank you. Um, so do you think you're going to release that as one uh, album or go more the single route? So for or- the singles, I am going to release a compilation record at the end of the year. I'm not sure if I want to make it something bland like Compilation Record Volume 1 because <laughs> yeah. like, I did a lot of collaborations on deck or do I want to call it like Thankful for Friends I'm thinking of the titles and shopping in my head I'm definitely going to release it digitally uh, physical media is weird right now just with the pandemic because yeah. it's like right now I've sold out every physical release I've ever had like awesome. tapes um, which is a blessing. I'm very thankful for that. It's it's just weird because it's like people order merch, like you know, shirts, t-shirts online, but CDs. It's like I don't know who 
if I'm at a point where I have a a support system where I can just you know do a physical digital release only because usually I'm selling at shows and shows aren't happening right now. That's awesome, man. I don't really know what it's like to be able to actually sell music personally. I just put it out there. <laughs> yeah, but, it's. Uh, uh, I know. Like, the, the, sorry. Biggest, but it's definitely a process. Yeah. And I know that the physical stuff, like CDs and records and all that, they um, are definitely good merch when you're yeah. actually playing live. Yeah. They're almost more akin to an actual T-shirt, I would say, yep. than uh, yep. music itself. And um, I'm and I like that you said that because, like, I remember you've been seeing a meme where it was like, you know, buying a T-shirt is like 3,500 streams or something like that. Yeah buying a vinyl is like something like 50,000 streams or whatever, which does have some validity to it, but um, I think I'm definitely now at a point in my musical uh, journey, I don't like saying career, because it's not like I'm getting a 401k. <laughs> yeah, not exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I definitely feel like I'm at a point where like I need to press vinyl, so yeah. Yeah, that would be cool if you could make it happen. I yeah. mean, that's awesome that you're selling out shows, too. I didn't even ask uh, where you're from. Um, I'm from Philly. From Philly? Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite p- little punk rock band back in the day was from Philly, Mischief Brew. But, uh, yeah, I remember, yeah. So I've been up there once or twice for some shows, for sure. Gotcha. I've been trying to play there myself as well, but haven't quite put that one together. And obviously yeah. nowadays it's... Um, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Water, I suppose. Like, if this was not the pandemic, I'd be like, all right, let me tell you some yeah. people and see my friends. But yeah, I can't. Uh, you know, a year or two from now, maybe things will For sure. get sure. Uh, a little bit back to normal. For sure. Have you been able to play anywhere? I mean, low key or? Just streaming shows. Like, I have an I Voted concert November 2nd. Um, and that's a concert where, like, admission is just proof that you voted. Yeah. And uh, the concert itself um, is really about appreciating the fact that we still have a voice in this country and we need to vote. And apparently it's the largest uh, music festival online in the world, like ever. Wow. So that feels pretty good to be a part of. Uh, Taking Back Sunday's playing it. Um, 303's playing it. There, there's like a lot of people that are playing it. So it feels like I feel honored to be able to play it. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I can definitely link that into the podcast notes as well. Um, This is still just an audio podcast, but, you know, I put it out through a a platform and, you know, you can add links to it uh, in the description and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. I did drop a flyer for you too, but I I think I forgot to send it. But I usually do a couple and just, like, let you pick which one you like. So, um... Yeah, I don't know. So much to discuss, I suppose. No, no, it's all good. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you want to get into the politics more, I would say fire away. Uh, sure. Um, the politics of my music as well as myself is like, I definitely identify as someone that is a progressive reformist. And what I mean by that is like, I do believe that we need to reform the government and the way that it works. Because granted, a lot of people are on the capitalism versus socialism route or the capitalism versus um, 
communism route, I think really the problem is that we're working in a dichotomy that doesn't really give us democratic freedom or freedom of choice or idea or thought. And if we really truly believe in true freedom and true liberation, we can't think like the liberals who like often don't believe in action, just a lot of idea. We need to like really think progressively and change the way that we govern ourselves so that it helps us feel freedom and the choice to live our lives in a truly happy and harmonious way. Um, So like, I think a crux of my music and as well as my mission as like, a creator is to really try to embrace the fact that free thought is important, but also have morals and, and ethics and values to support each other. Um, I wrote a song with my friend Maria from Brother Martin called That's Where You Take It, and it's about consumerism and veganism. And great, I'm not vegan. Uh, we wrote the song about the fact that the way we consume is a reflection of the way we believe and treat each other. And it's almost like we've lost our values and moral code on how to like treat people with respect and uh, treat people with, with love and kindness. And I think the government has really failed at doing that because it's like, if you look at the Bill of Rights and then look at what we're doing, um, no pun intended, nothing is really right right now. And yeah. I don't think I have the emotional uh, patience to be a politician. I probably end up going to jail for being too angry. <laughs> to be completely yeah. honest with you. But I do believe my music has the potential to make impact to get other people to act. Um, I do believe that certain charitable actions that I've made and been a part of has been able has been a part of the big wheel to help things turn and move forward. So yeah. Right on. Yeah, I feel like as as long as politics is ruled by money then a lot of the symptoms are just going to remain. And it's tricky, given the, uh, given the wheel that you talked about. Um, I'm always full of book recommendations, and one that's sort of pertinent to this conversation, I would say, is um, one called Ishmael, which I always tell people about. And uh, I guess the summation of that one is that the author makes a little point that there maybe always has been like takers and then leavers in yeah. society. You know, even going back to the Aboriginal days of uh, civilization, and that that sort of mindset—not to divide people into again to a fifty-fifty dichotomy or anything like that—but that simple mindset of saying, you know, how do I approach whatever, you know, can can change a lot. And I mean, I don't know how to change things systemically necessarily, other than each individual person, but. Um, I would recommend checking out that book. I wrote a song about it. Pearl Jam wrote an album about it. <laughs> oh. But, like, you know, the, the thing about systematic issues is it's not solved with one sentence. It's, like, think about what your issues are. Like, if we're going to be topical to 2020, I think there's a high correlation. And it's like, I don't just think there's, like, 70-year studies on this. There's a high correlation between cities investing more in their police and justice systems and their education systems and it's like the less you invest in the education system the more you create predictors for violence and then you just keep people in cages um and and the real question is is this done purposely by design or are we really a militaristic state because i think like another side note is i think it's really funny when people say like you know, a vote for Donald Trump is a vote for a militaristic state. And it's like, if you really think about what the government's been investing in, we've been a militaristic 
country for a long time before I've even been alive. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know how old you are, but I'm going to assume probably before <laughs> you've been alive either. Too. Oh yeah, I'm 30, uh, but I mean 31. So yeah, we're the, we're the yeah. same age group. So it's like um, Cold War is a, is a very big example of that. It's like they kept creating an arms race and never even used it. And it's like there was a there's a shift between education priority and weapons priority. And um, I'm always a fan of uh, books over bullets. Books over bullets. Yeah. I'm, I've always said for a long time that like if uh, a people's history uh, by Howard Zinn was <laughs> required reading in school, like I, I, that would be crazy because people True. have such a different perspective on not only American history but kind of world history and international history as well. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know, that's a whole huge barrel of monkeys, but unfortunately, <laughs> if if we're only going to one school, whether it's private or uh, public, like, you're only getting fed one perspective, generally speaking, of history uh, as a subject, which is one of my favorites, and no matter which, air quotes, side you're on, like, if you only ever get one perspective, like... It's just hard, I think, to break the mold. True. So, I don't know. That's my rant on that. <laughs> Definitely hear that. And um, in terms of my discography and politics, I believe Stalas, Diary, Comfort in the Bedroom, um, No Ranch Bra, um, That's Where You Take It. All right, I think those five records, which comes to about... 45 songs roughly all of those songs are the more political side of my discography and they were all addressing topics around healthcare topics around um you know respect and and just where you live and gentrification uh it was around racism um it was around equality and things like that Uh, i was around consumerism and i definitely aspire to write more on politics there's definitely a lot of topics i haven't talked about such as like how consumerism diet culture and mental health like intersect with each other and things like that um and it's just like i definitely know it's been helpful for me as a person in terms of helping me make sense out of the world but it's oh um been validating to see other people resonate with that and then pay it forward Um, yeah definitely think like wearing it music is a hard hard job if you will it should always be about how you're helping and adding to society as opposed to taking away and and that's kind of like where i come from as a creator yeah i mean i think that's pretty much every artist mentality i think almost i guess from an artist's perspective to me the hardest thing to do sometimes is to make your point in you know a tasteful palliative way that doesn't come off as over the top yeah and that's why i always like bands like mischief brew and uh, and stuff like that i mean sometimes you could make the argument probably that people hear songs like that and they don't actually really pick apart the deeper meaning but nonetheless there's still a pretty strong sentiment there and it's done in like a way that you know, anybody could listen to whether they, you know, air quotes, get it or not. And I, I don't know, I feel like that's sort of the artist's challenge, especially musically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
don't know. I'm not saying I'm that great at it. <laughs> no, no, I hear it. I mean, it's like... It, it, it's a work... It's a work in progress. Yeah. I, I always like the tongue-in-cheek, sort of sarcastic uh, yeah. method. Because you can kind of come off as literal, even if it's not... Uh, I True. Don't know. True. And, like, not to mention, it's... How can I put this? The beauty of music itself is... A lot of people are of the belief that music always has to be political. And I, I would disagree because, like, and I use this in my own podcast, Dreams Not Memes, uh, people have politicized WAP, you know, Cardi B's song with, with Megan Thee Stallion. But there are songs for fun. There are songs to connect. There are songs that are just literally for absolute noise. Like, you can't say Explosion of the Sky is inherently political because unless you read their their song titles which could or could not have meaning but i do believe for political music much like non-political music is there's a way of saying it for everyone yeah for sure and then as an artist you get your own little take on it your own voice your own style and then certain people are going to gravitate that and some people won't i guess yeah yeah so yeah i don't know um, wild times. I sort of feel like we're on the cusp of a, another 60s, maybe. Who knows? I mean, I'm yeah. growing my afro, but I'm also not going to the barbershop because of my quarantine. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've been, uh, been locked up pretty good there? Or? For the most part, like, um, I'm definitely not leaving the house today because it's raining. Um, yeah. Like, the only time I really leave the house is, like, for groceries and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm a... Uh, frontline healthcare worker as it was or as it is so i've kind of been out there in the thick of it for thank you for your work seriously yeah no problem i mean it's just kind of wild Uh, then again uh, germs have always kind of been there for us and viruses and different communicable diseases so i'm not saying this is just another one but it is another one true I don't know. It sucks, but like I said, maybe things will start getting back to normal here in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Especially for music. True. It's uh, definitely a bummer when uh, when the pandemic kills kills rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sad to see. It really is. Don't want to see the music die out. That's for sure. But on the optimistic uh, side of things, of course, you know, there's been a, a big uh, change in how people uh, access what they want to listen to, you know, with the live streaming and everything else. So True. I know some people at least are doing well with it. True. And maybe they weren't doing as much of it before. I, I don't know. I don't really do it myself. <laughs> so True. I do this, though, which I feel like I definitely wasn't doing prior. Mm-hmm. So that's been helping people maybe get their music out a little more. And it's been fun to meet people. So, don't know what the goal is all the time. So, but sometimes you don't have to know. Um, yeah. Like, even though I'm a very goal-oriented person, because that's just the way I, I work, and like I'm a very analytical person. Um, there's still parts of my life where I'm just in flow or, or without flow, just onto the next thing to the next thing. And I think a lot of times uh, in our lives what we think about from an assessment perspective 
uh, or if not assessment perspective, but from more of a, um, how can I put this? What I do think about how we approach, you know, our love or our labor or our passion is that we all have an idea of what we want to do, but we don't necessarily need to know what the thing is that we want to do. Like, for example, I want my music to have more notoriety, but do I want to be Drake? Hell no. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so that's like an example of like, I don't necessarily know exactly where I want to be, um, but I have an idea of where I want to be. Yeah, I know for me, I just, I really want two things. Yeah. I really just, A, I would like to be in the arena. Mm-hmm. I was just out there trying it. Rather than, you know, sitting there on the bar, lamenting how I never did anything. I mean, True. that's not a fun fate. No, it's not. And, and it can beat you up, so I get it. And then maybe a slightly lesser goal, but still important, but just to be somewhat respected. You know, True. Not over-the-top famous or anything like that, but just... yeah. Like, you know, I made something that resonated with people that they liked, and I don't know. True. I get that. And then the, that's a tremendous spectrum and scale as far as how big you want to go. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We all want to feel important, I guess. True. Um, so what do you do for work, being that this is what I call kind of like the working man's musician true, podcast? True. So... For work, right now I'm out of work, but I was working in training and development um, in the behavioral health uh, system, and I'm currently looking for a job, but I'm also a musician, as we all already know. Um, I'm a podcaster, and I also do uh, writing for the Philadelphia Globe. Oh, right on. Yeah. That's awesome. So did you have a a back... I mean, there's two things there that I need to address. I didn't know you had a podcast, so that's cool. Yeah. I got to get on the subscribe there. And check it sure. Out. Uh, the podcast is called Dreams Not Memes, and it's my journey to talk to a thousand people from 194 places in the world, all the countries in the world, and all 50 states. And I'm trying to ask people what makes them tick and what drives their passion. That's awesome. Uh, because my goal is to humanize work and what makes people feel important and alive. Um, yeah, I think that's really important right now. Yeah. And, uh, I've done, I have 155 episodes, 156 is coming out today, um, and... Well, you're kicking my ass, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like that. And I've been doing it for a year and a month, year year and two months now, and uh, I've covered, I want to say, 35, no, 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 42 states and 11 countries, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a journey. Um, and then as a writer, I do interviews and reviews of uh, businesses and art cultures and uh, musicians for the Philadelphia Globe. Cool. So that's been pretty so, Even yeah, though I don't have nine to five, I'm still, I'm still employed. <laughs> yeah, I'm still doing things. Um, I was looking to see if you had a Facebook page for it or an Instagram for the podcast. For, for, so for the podcast... Uh, the Instagram is Dreams Not Means Podcast. Okay. Um, and I'm going to definitely get back to doing interviews locally, but right now I'm just looking for someone from Alaska and Hawaii, and I think I should have all the states booked after that. Um, and then 
or Philadelphia Globe, you could just go at Phil uh, underscore Globe. So did you go to school for uh, journalism or English or no, writing or I mean, anything? No, I did really well in all my English classes. Uh, I never got anything under an A uh, in any of my English classes. Uh, same with math and things like that. But um, I got into journalism really since Sanga started, like just blogging ideas, and then it just became a labor of love. Um, and in terms, and I always try to treat my music like it's a blog. Like, as opposed to saying, like, hey, this is your music, I also want to add some flavor to, like, what... But I went to school for industrial organizational psychology, which uh, is basically the psychology of the workplace and how people perform and are motivated and things like that. I got you. Yeah. And then, I don't know, did that lead to anything out of school, or...? You still kind of stuck with music? Um, I've worked for a number of consulting organizations. I've worked in training and development, professional development. Uh, I'm currently actually working on a working portfolio where I'm taking clients, but also showing a portfolio of what I can do called YCDI Consulting. Um, In a few weeks, I'm going to create a short form training about how to use goal setting theory to manage your creative goals. Uh, And... uh, yeah, that's just going to be something I always do. But, like, I've definitely had clients where, like, I've helped people, like, do better at, like, their small business or their music project and things like that and how to, like, organize your thoughts. and yeah. That's cool. Have you been able to do any work like that from home? Or is it pretty much just... Uh... Oh, in the quarantine, it's all been from home. <laughs> yeah. I just wasn't sure if you had to... I, mean, yeah. I know you've been at home, but I wasn't sure if you were able to yeah. do it. From home. I mean, I'm talking to you from my phone now, but like, I definitely have my handy laptop and webcam set up, and, and, and that's pretty much how it's been for me. Nice. So, yeah. well, can't say I'm not just a, a tad bit envious of uh, everyone who can stay home. But. Uh, imagine, especially in your field, so I, re- I respect that. Like, like, like I said, thank you for, for your work. It's, it's helping a lot of people. I hope so. <laughs> that's, that's the idea, but. Yeah, I, I know, like, most people are working from home right now, and that comes with its own possible set of challenges and the monotony of it all, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't really experienced it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're breezing through this. We're at uh, about 34 minutes so far. It's all good. I'm all grooving. <laughs> all right. I don't know how long you usually run your podcast for. I, I sort of tap out around... 45, generally speaking, because I uh, go through these and edit them, and, you know, sure, sure. if I got to edit one that's, you know, four hours long, I, you know, I would... Oh, never. it's modern, never four hours. People that do that, sorry, yeah. Jeremy. They, <laughs> they have someone else doing it for them. <laughs> they yeah. are not doing it themselves. Yeah, my, my uh, pods are anywhere between 30 to 60. Sometimes they run over, but, yeah, 30 yeah. to 60 is my average. Yeah, so I don't know. Is there anything you want to get into that we haven't touched on yet? Um, nothing right now that's on top of my head, but I could just say that expect some releases uh, in October, November, December. Uh, October will be WCF Part 1 and Part 2. Um, in November, there'll be a single, and then in December, this is going to be a re-release of the compilation record. Yeah. And then I'm a little quiet uh, January, February, because I'll just be recording my album. But, um, you know, da- definitely download my music on Bandcamp, daywithoutlove.bandcamp.com. Uh, feel free to get um, 
a sweatshirt from a day without love a day without love good friends are hard to find shirt uh until october 15th uh i have a pre-order sale at 25 percent off if you dm me for the code um after october 15th they'll be available but not at 25 percent off for a short period of time and uh a portion of those proceeds will be used to help me with my documentary called safe and sound film and that's a documentary where me and Brianna Spouse, she's a videographer, traveled half the country to basically talk to musicians and strangers about their perspectives on safe space, consent, and inclusion. So that, that's definitely something that'll be coming out in the, in the distant future. That's impressive. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, was that already largely shot then? Like by now? Um, so the B-roll's been shot. We've got hours and hours and hours. We just okay. need to hire a team for uh, animation, editing, and things like that. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to... So quarantine aside, we might have a few streaming parties. So we'll work that out. But yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you have uh, your fair share of things going on, probably probably more than anybody else I've interviewed so far. So I'll, I'll have my work cut out for me to make sure I get everything in there. No, I appreciate it. I really do. I, I'm very thankful for you reaching out to let me share my story with you. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'll definitely check out the documentary. Sure. Um, and the other thing is I love merch, whether I got to buy it or not, but I'll send you at least some stickers for the podcast. Sure. Thank uh, you. I always try to give somebody or everybody something. Sure, I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, this has been a pretty enlightening and pretty efficient conversation, I would say. Thank you. I I try to be efficient. (laughs) Um, Hey, maybe this won't be the last time. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'd love to have you on my podcast after I reach the 50-state goal. That'd be awesome. I got my own music coming out, so. (laughs) We'll talk. I'm ready to go. But, um, yeah, man, if um, I love Philly. And uh, if I ever make it up there that way, I'd love to hang out and have a beer, pick your brain or something. Yeah, sure. Keep, keep me posted. Cool. Well, um, it's been lovely. And uh, hopefully you have a good rest of your week here. And I, will. Um, I imagine I will get this out tentatively. I'll probably have it edited by the end of the week. So yeah. um, something like that. All right. Works with me. Cool, man. Well keep doing what you're doing and uh yeah take it easy all right you too bye so yeah i want to thank brian for coming on the podcast you can check out all of his music through a day without love It's on all the usual places, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. The song you're hearing is called Good Friends Are Hard to Find. Uh, You can also check out Brian's podcast, Dreams Not Memes. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. And if you're a local musician and you got some new new music you want to put out, you can always hit me up. Other than that, take it easy.
of gods A good friend You came to me like a walk in the park We could do whatever we want Good friends are hard to find 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 You came to me when I was alone You make me feel at home Good friends are hard to find 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 Some things are hard, hard to find out.